Well, going ahead with a vaccination campaign in India against government orders puts a New Zealand doctor at great risk in the 1990s. That's a thumbnail description of a novel written by New Zealand GP David Whittett. The Road to Matapua is fiction, but David says it does include aspects of his own time working in India. In the novel, Theo gets in trouble when he tries to bring New Zealand medicines with him to a posting in Uganda. He later heads to India to try to make a difference there as a volunteer doctor. While working in India, Theo meets Alicia, the daughter of missionaries, who's also helping impoverished patients. Elliot Childs reads from The Road to Matapur. University of Otago Medical School, New Zealand, August 1988. Theo. You will never make a GP. A pathologist, perhaps, but not a general practitioner. Two years on, and in my last year at medical school, Professor Rutherford's words still haunted me. Was he right? Had I chosen the wrong profession, making a bad decision based on emotion? Absolutely not. I was going to make a difference, and there was no way I would let that miserable professor ruin my career. The other students in my year sucked up to their consultants. All they cared about was landing a plum house job. I set my heart on my forthcoming student elective in Uganda. What happens to all the old medicines once they've passed their expiry date? I asked Marion Taylor, a staff nurse on the surgical ward. Every week the orderly collects them. Where do they go after that? They end up in landfill, I guess, Marion answered. Why do you ask? I'm doing my elective in Uganda, I said, and they're desperately short of medicines over there, particularly antibiotics. Instead of throwing them out, could you collect them for me? Nobody else needs to know. Marion stepped back. I'm not so sure. I've heard of students doing this before and it always ends in trouble. David, I was very taken reading about you saying that your strong belief is that like writing, general practice is about being interested in people's stories. Yeah. So I guess it's a logical thing that you've brought the two together in this way. Yes, yes it is. AJ Cronin, who, who was a doctor who found a second career as a writer. He wrote a book called The Citadel, which was about a young a, a young doctor, and it, it actually shamed the government of that time into forming a, a national health service, proof that the written word can change the world. Now, you write in your author's note in the novel that The Road to Matapur uh, is a work of fiction and not yes. autobiographical, but clearly when I'm reading the parallels between you and Theo... There are many times where the two intersect, so there must be something of you and Theo. Yes, I mean it was a, yeah, it was a very personal work. Like the time that I, I worked in India, an Australian missionary had just been murdered, Graham Staines, and he wasn't the character in the in the book. But um, a number of sort of real real life events, you know, have uh, have been sort of fictionalised in the book. Were you told that you would never make? A GP? That was a doctor I actually mentored at one time who, who told me that story. So that bit is a, sort of adapted from someone else's story. You did share, I think, some of his frustrations, though. Yes, oh, absolutely, yes. Over halfway through the book when he's uh, actually a, a rural doctor in, in Northland. Well, I, I was a rural doctor actually in Tikaraka in the Gisborne region for, I was there actually 15 years, and that was very busy sort of standing room only in the waiting room. So, um, yeah, a lot of that experience did come, come through in the book. Theo, really from the start, seems destined to work overseas. His elective is going to be in Uganda. Yeah. 
that really attracts him. It appeals to him in so many ways. He's happy to leave the medical school behind him. He's, he's keen to leave New Zealand behind him and put his skills to good use, very idealistic. But yeah. also, I thought, rather practical in that even before he leaves, he's starting to think about how he can help. And he's thinking about trying to take over with him medication that's just past yeah. its best by date. Is that something that you thought about when you went to India? It is often quite a thing that doctors do tend to uh, often donate out-of-date medicines. And it does cause quite a bit of ill feeling overseas because, you know, doctors feel, well, we, do we only deserve second-best medicine that's past its use by date? I mean, in reality, the the, um, the manufacturers do cover themselves. And if unless it's been subjected to extremes of temperature, then most medicines will last for a significantly longer than their than their expiry dates. So um, I tried to there sort of put both sides of it. When he, he he takes some medicines to an overseas hospital, and there's a child actually dies of meningitis, and then there's a little question mark. Well, what was it actually the, the the expired medicine, or would the child have died anyway? So it's a very difficult ethical dilemma. Well, I think there are actually a lot of those ethical dilemmas through the book, which is what makes it so interesting. I'm going to come back to Theo and his time in India, but also in India, this is is where he meets Alicia, and her path there is entirely different. Uh, She's really going kicking and screaming and made to by her parents who are missionaries. Is she based on someone you know, and how would you describe her character? Yeah, she has character traits that I've, I've seen in a pastor's daughter before, and I think she makes a very interesting transition through the book. As, as you say, at the beginning, she's very sort of anti. She's um, She feels she's had the church sort of rammed down her throat from the day she was born. She's really got over sort of teasing at school and managed to find a place for herself. And then the father's decided he's going to take the whole family off to India. And that's really shattering her entire world. But... Ultimately, towards the end of the book, she finds her sort of purpose in life in India, although she loses her parents before she really finds herself, which is is sad. Well, she's a, a healer in a different way to Theo, but also a healer. She really cares about uh, the people yeah. and, the, and the need that she's seeing, that stark, raw need. Uh, and both of them yeah. really dedicate themselves to trying to make a difference. And we spoke before about um, trying to get medicines in there, as Theo did when he went to Uganda. Um, here, one of the th- things that Theo in particular becomes focused on is vaccines. Gosh, that's very timely, so, given what we've just been through. Yeah. But vaccines, I mean, you, when you were in India, was that an issue that really concerned you while you were there. Yeah, that, that episode in the book where he does a, a sort of keynote of the World Family Doctors Conference is, is actually true. I did a I, I did do a presentation at um World Family Doctors Conference in Christchurch and I talked about the work that we've done and how we'd actually raised funds for a, a vaccine program, but the the authorities wouldn't let us administer the vaccines. And at the, the end of that talk, uh, an American guy got up and he's the question is an answer, and he said, if I gave you a million dollars US for your project, how would you spend it? And the only thing answer I could think of in the, in the, spur, of the spur of the moment was that uh, I'd used as backsheesh to bribe the authorities to let us give the vaccines. That spit is straight out of real life. You have Theo and Alicia really in debate. I mean, as I mentioned, both of them really desperate to do the best they can for those there, particularly the children. 
Uh, but mm. Theo is more gung-ho, if you like. I think he says that sometimes yeah. the Indian red tape works in our favour and he's going to try and use these vaccines that they've been ordered to destroy. He's going to try and get yeah. them into the arms of uh, the children. Yes. But it is yeah. it's, it is um, potentially a, a dangerous, it might feel morally right, but it is potentially a to-do. Yeah, it certainly could very easily have sort of backfired on him if something had gone wrong. So, yeah, it was, certainly was a risky strategy on his part in the story. On reflection, David, what did your time in India mean to you as a, a general practitioner, as a healer? Well, one of the places that really perhaps moved me most was the leper colony. I kind of sort of dreaded going there before, but it turned out to be one of the uh, one of the happiest places I think I've ever been to. The smiles on the faces of people who could, whose actual facial structure could could barely smile because of the the leprosy, but just, you know, there seemed to be some real genuine contentment and joy in a place where you'd really expect to find that overwhelming sorrow. You know, characters in the novel, um, Zach and Rajani, uh, call them yeah. houses of hope. How much time did you spend at leper colonies? I was there for a, a sort of like a three three month period. As I picked up, there's interesting things like the cooks would make all their dishes extra spicy so they could taste it, because obviously leprosy affects the taste buds. And by making it extra spicy dishes, the, um, the lepers were able to be able to taste it. The only thing that probably took back most from India was the real sort of optimism of the people, that a lot of them had absolutely nothing, but they were really, they were really happy. And it's, you know, it's perhaps a, a lesson when you come back to to New Zealand that people have here have so much more but aren't really much happier for it. David Whittett, his novel's called The Road to Maripur and it's published by Copy Press.